Dark Fringe Radio. I'm your host, Will Martinez, here with you tonight. Thanks for joining in. And, of course, uh, with me, as always, my co-host, Jay Golosi. Jay, what's going on, buddy? Just rolling with the punches, my friend. Rolling with the punches. Yeah, rolling with the punches. All right. Well, as long as you're rolling, man, that's good. So uh, we actually uh, have a guest with us tonight, and uh, we're going to talk about that situation we kind of left off on last week. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it was an interesting happening. Uh, I know it, it's kind of led to a whole lot of other things we're going to talk about, and that kind of also led us to uh, to our, our our expert that we have on the phone or have online with us. But yeah, it, it, it you know it gave me a lot of insight. Yeah, and it, it was uh, kind of um, nerve wracking for me because I'm on the other line, you know, on the other side of hearing all this. And I don't know what's going on. I kind of gathered what happened about halfway through the call that, you know, it was cops. At first, I didn't know who it was. If somebody was, you know, you know, somebody was trying to stick you up for your money or what, what was going on at that moment. So, um, yeah, but they would have been very, they would have been very, uh, very sad when they found out that they had no money for them to get me with. <laughs> yeah, they would have came up short. Right. But, you know, hey, my life. yeah, listen, but it, it is nerve wracking because, you know, you hear that happening at that moment and you don't know how everything's going to break down at the end. Any little slight thing can be a, a miscommunication or a misread from, you know, the police, you know, side. And, you know, you're of course nervous because this is happening to you all of a sudden. This happened in the matter of what, 10 seconds, 15 seconds. All of a sudden, you know, we, yeah. we hear this going down and I'm like, what happened? You know, it was very quick when it happened. It wasn't like it was a steady thing. It happened all of a sudden. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I when they came, it all happened so fast. I was, I was probably more confused than anything else, but it, I mean, it all worked out fine. And it was, it was, they were doing their jobs and I was just trying not to, uh, not to get in their way or, or, or be dumb. And honestly, I think there's a good lesson to be learned from that. And that's kind of a, a big reason why I wanted to, you know, have this week's episode be about this and, uh, and, and bring on the expert as well. So that way we could get behind the veil of, of the Wizard of Oz, so to speak. Yeah, no, you're right. And uh, let's play the audio now, so that way everybody can come up to speed to what we're talking about here. Hold on a second. That there were multiple shooters. Uh, I'm sorry, sir. Jay. Yes, sir. Stop. Stop. Okay. Jay, are you okay? Stop. Okay. Hello. Relax. Yes, yeah, sir. Smile. Open your mouth. No gold teeth. Hey, who the fuck is that man? What's your first name? Jay. 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 Hello, right here, behind me. 903 TV, Bro, are you okay? Yep, yeah, I'll be on you. Okay. Uh, it's in the house. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. There you go, buddy. All right. Yes, sir. All right. Hey, what the fuck's going on, man? Jay. There it is. Most confusing 14 seconds of my life. 
<laughs> it was actually a minute. And um, what was your thought when that happened? What was your first thought in your mind? Well, I mean, kind of walking through it is when they pulled up, it was uh, three three cruisers and a truck, uh, all marked as sheriffs, all had, had the lights, but no no red and blues were on, just the normal driving lights because it was at night. And they stopped in front of my house with, with intent, but I didn't think that because I've never done anything wrong in my life. I've, I've only ever been in the back of a cop car once, and it was, you know, it was a scuffle when I was a teenager with another guy and you know, we went our separate ways and everything was fine. So I was standing there thinking, oh, I'm going to get to see some shit. And next thing I know, <laughs> I'm surrounded. The shit's happening to you. <laughs> you know, seven or eight cops. And they were asking me my name. As you heard, I must have said my name two or three times. Uh, one officer held me by my wrist and lifted my arm up and had his hand on my shoulder. And that was where you're hearing him tell me to stop and, and relax because as he was doing that, I must have been tensing up because, again, I was, I was confused. I was dumbfounded. I didn't know what the fuck was going on. But I kept a cool and level head, and I realized that, you know, they're the authority, uh, and I needed to comply because all they're trying to do is keep themselves safe, keep me safe, and make sure I'm, I either am or am not whoever they're looking for. Well, I knew I wasn't who they were looking for, so as long as I kept cool, it would be fine. And that's what it ended up being. Um, you know, they... They patted me down, sat me down. Uh, my neighbor came out, kind of vouched for me, you know, answered a couple questions. The one that had held my arm or was holding my arm helped me up off the ground, you know, gave me a fist bump, apologized, thanked me for my compliance, explained that they were looking for somebody uh, that, and I quote, did some really bad shit to his girl, and we need to find this guy. He's very violent. So, uh, and right there, I, I knew that the reason why you know, he grabbed me by the wrist and the shoulder, even though in the moment I didn't like it, it wasn't, it wasn't to be aggressive. It wasn't to hurt me. It wasn't to hurt him. It was so he could make sure that he had control of the situation, that the two of us were safe until they knew that they knew my, who I was in my general disposition. Cause even if I wasn't who they were looking for, you know, if I don't like law enforcement, I could take that opportunity to take, to, to have taken one of them out. Um, so he was just doing, his job. It was definitely very confusing. It was very scary. It ended up being all a bunch of nothing, but again, it, it has given us an opportunity to utilize lots of these things and, uh, you know, get an expert's opinion on, on kind of what happened. But there's, there's the audio. There's the most confusing minute it's if it's my life minute of uh, Jay's life. So we have our guest here on the line, um, Doug and Doug, um, how are you tonight? I'm doing well. Good. Hey, listen. Thanks for coming on the uh, the show and uh, giving your um, you know expertise on this. And you know, Doug, you heard the audio. What um, you know? What did you think when you heard it? Well, I've I've been in situations myself like that, except on the other side of where Jay was. And when you're looking for a suspect and you have a description of someone, you you are automatically on the defensive. And I want to I want to say something that's really important. Every law enforcement officer in the country, their main priority every single day they go on shift is to go home at the end of the night. Their safety is by far the most important thing, and they're always thinking of it. So when they grabbed his arm and they put 
their hand on his shoulder at the same time. They wanted to be in control of the, of the situation. A lot of people will take that as a defensive move, um, and it's not. It's for the officer's safety, and they don't know who you are. When they confront you, they have no idea who you actually are. You could be Ted Bundy or some sort of a mass murderer somewhere that they just happen to grab a hold of. So their first priority is to make sure that they've got control of you. It is very chaotic in situations like that. And Jay, from what I've talked to Jay before, uh, right after the situation happened, I talked to him personally. He made all the right decisions. He stayed calm. He did what they told him to do. And it worked out perfectly. Yeah. Exactly the way it's supposed to work out. And that's what I wanted to kind of touch on as well is how he reacted to the whole situation. And I think he reacted exactly how you're supposed to react, like you said. And I think that's what really, you know, kept things at bay as far as control. And everybody was on an even kind of playing ground at that point. And, you know, there was no lines that were crossed. So, you know, it, it is a very chaotic moment at that, mo- you know, at that point. And I could really see how somebody could, you know, accidentally make a wrong you know, mistake, too, on that, you know, either end, you know. It could be on either end. It could, you know, somebody could make that mistake just because of, you know, the situation that's happening at that moment. More or less probably from the professional side because they're trained to be in a situation like that. But even still then, you know, it can't happen. Um, point being is that I think Jay, you know, definitely, you know, reacted in the right way. But it's it's kind of refreshing to hear it from somebody in your point of view because, like you said, you've been on the other side of that situation as you know, the, 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 the point and the goal of, you know, your job is to go home at the end of your shift. So it's kind of refreshing to see from your end that, you know, you kind of support what happened here and, you know, that Jay did all the right things. You know, I, I personally, under the circumstances that, that, you know, you heard the audio with Jay and the, and the officers in the background. I personally spoke with Jay right after it happened, like I said, and, uh, if it were me on scene, I honestly would have put Jay in handcuffs because of the situation. They were looking for somebody that that matched the description of Jay in the same area that had done, you know, I forget how Jay just quoted it, but done really bad things to his girlfriend um, or something along those lines. I would have put him in handcuffs. Right. And because for my safety... If I have 100% control of him, then then I'm I'm going home tonight. You know what I mean? If just to put your hand on somebody, you don't know who you're dealing with. It could be uh, a master in MMA or jiu-jitsu or, or any of the other martial arts or a Marine or a special forces. You have no idea who you're touching. You have no idea who you're putting hands on. So... If it were me, I personally would have put him in handcuffs as fast as I possibly could before the ch- he had the chance to do anything else. Yeah, no, obviously they didn't do that to Jay, so I was, um, you know, I was surprised that they didn't do that. But I, I was actually happy at the same time. Yeah, and it's a good thing, but as a precaution for the officers, that's the other side of it. You know, you and I both know Jay. We know Jay didn't do anything wrong. Right. But as a law enforcement aspect of it, you do. As the officer comes on scene and, and finds somebody that meets the description of somebody that's really bad, you don't know until you do your investigation and, 
figure out exactly who you're dealing with and you ID them with identification and everything else, you think in your mind as a new officer, this is the really bad guy we're looking for. So to protect yourself, in my personal opinion, I would have put them in handcuffs. Yeah. And it's, it's, I mean, immediately, immediately. Yeah. yeah. And it was funny because they immediately looked for Jay uh, to open his mouth. And I guess they were looking for a guy that was, uh, that had gold teeth. Is that correct, Jay? That is correct. They, the guy did ask me to open my mouth. Um, they commented the fact that I didn't have gold teeth and they were looking for somebody with gold teeth, but they're also looking for somebody who was wearing black shorts and a blue shirt. I was wearing black shorts and a green shirt, but at nine o'clock at night on not well lit sweet street, blue and green. I mean, very easily been misconstrued that way um you know so when they told me to open my i i knew obviously i didn't i hadn't done anything so again i hadn't done anything i didn't have anything on me i had no reason to be in fear or be defensive when he first when the the one officer first grabbed me by my arm i I must have tensed up a little bit or tensed up a lot of it that's human nature Um, that's why it was telling me to stop and relax um and, and and again it's your natural your natural reaction when somebody grabs you is you kind of tense up, you want to pull away. It really took me a minute to kind of calm myself, keep a cool head, and realize that because I had nothing to fear, I, I have not done anything wrong, they're going to do what they got to do, and then they're going to go get who they need to get. They're just trying to make sure that they can eliminate me since I look like whoever it is they're looking for. Uh, gold teeth can very easily be removed. You know, if, they're, if it's just something you pop in your mouth or if it's an actual gold plate too, uh, they don't know that. But like Doug was saying, they also don't know what my disposition is. You know, I may not be who they're looking for, but if I had a, an issue with uh, law enforcement or, or maybe I had an issue with somebody had his, the, the haircut the way the, the officer had his haircut and I have a knife on me, I can take that opportunity. So, um, I mean, I'm glad they didn't put me in handcuffs, but I totally, I totally would have been um, okay if they had because I understood at that moment that they were doing what they had to do to keep both themselves and myself safe. They weren't looking to hurt me as long as I'm not who they're looking for. And even if they, I was who they were looking for, they're not looking to hurt me. They're looking to arrest me and get me to uh, into custody so that way due process can, can be done and had. And I kept those things in mind knowing that, I, you know, it was going to be over in a few minutes. It was confusing. It was a little scary. It was kind of hard to keep myself relaxed, you know, because it's a very tense situation. But you know, like Doug said, they're they're human. They're they just want to go home. Yeah, you know, and they, they want to do what they got to do. They want to stay safe and go home at the end of the night, and that's that's respectful. I mean, we all want the same thing. It's just our jobs don't put us in that kind of harm's way. Of course, and you know, the, I think the thing is, is that the quicker they get into control, the quicker they can determine that obviously you're not the person that they're looking for, and the quicker that can come to a resolve and all this. Obviously, so once they have control, it's obviously you know, it, it's just the the next steps that progress. So the faster that happens, the better, and the, the, the you know, the, without any hiccups, the better. Uh, Doug, I wanted to kind of you know dig into um, you know your background a little bit. I know you said you were on the other side of this, and um, have you ever had a situation where you were on the other side of this and you had a situation where a person did, you know, kind of put yourself in, in a, in a precarious situation? Absolutely. Um, I, I came across a subject one time that we, we received a call, um, that he was not supposed to be in the area that he was in. And I was the first officer on scene by myself. Um, no backup anywhere close. I approached the subject, and I asked him his name. I was very cordial and polite, 
And he started to back off and kind of move away from me. And I immediately went hands-on, and that's kind of a, a, the way we word it. You know, as soon as you put your hands on the subject, mm-hmm. then you, you pretty much it's you, you've got to get control of them immediately. Right. And uh, I, I went hands-on, and I put him in handcuffs immediately because he wouldn't tell me his name. He was in a spot that he was not supposed to be in when we received a call saying that he wasn't supposed to be there. Um, <clears throat> a couple minutes later, a couple of extra officers showed up. We got to the bottom of it, come to find out he was um, not only not supposed to be in that location, he wasn't supposed to be in the United States. Um, and he still never gave us our name, his name rather. We ended up taking him to, to jail and, you know, the Immigrations and Customs Service had to deal with that. Um, to this day, I still don't know his name. <laughs> wow, that's pretty crazy. <laughs> After all this time. He, he, he was, we, we had no idea who he was. And I, like I said, to this day, we turned it over to the other agency. So, it's, you know, it is what it is. They, they got to do research and they did fingerprints on him and DNA on him. And, and they found out who he was. And they ended up deporting him. Wow. But, I mean, but a situation um, is such. But I, was there, I was there by myself, and he started to back away from me, and I immediately put him in handcuffs. Yeah. Because here I am, me, one person, and nearest help is probably 20 minutes away. Right. And I did what I had to do. Um, on, and on the flip side, um, personally, I've been on Jay's side mm-hmm. of, the, of the conversation. Um, I was. This was actually pretty recently. It was been a couple months ago, mm-hmm. but I was coming home from dinner and I was by myself, and I rolled through a stop sign at a cur- at a corner in the neighborhood, leaving where the restaurant was, and an officer pulled me over for rolling through the stop sign. I did it. I'm guilty. <laughs> Who hasn't rolled through a stop sign, right? Yeah, that happens every day. So he pulled me over, and I put my hands on the steering wheel. He had no idea who I was. He said, do you have any weapons in the vehicle? Me being a law enforcement officer, I said, yes, sir, I sure do. I have one in my right front cargo pocket and one in the center console. Mm -hmm. And he goes, okay, stay still. I was like, you got it. And I hadn't told him my name. I hadn't told him anything about me. I answered the questions that he asked of me. Then he said, I'm going to go around your passenger side. I'm going to open the door up, and I'm going to disarm you. I'm going to take the weapon off of your person. I'm going to take the weapon out of your center console, and then we're going to go ahead and talk. Mm -hmm. I said, yes, sir, no problem. I stayed completely still. I didn't look around. I looked forward. He opened the door to my truck. He reached in. He grabbed my weapons, and it was over with. Done. Like, no problems. I didn't get shot. I didn't get tased. And up until the point that he had my weapons, he had no idea who I was. Mm. After he did that, he then came back and asked me for my driver's license and my consumer's permit and everything else. Right. And I gave that to him, and he said, you know, you know why I pulled you over? I said, yeah, because I rolled through that stop sign. I'm sorry. But it was there was no problem after that because I didn't do anything to alert him and to make him feel threatened. 
especially knowing that I had weapons in the car because I just told him. Right. You know, so if everybody would do the same thing I did, the problem would be solved. And the same thing with Jay. If you pulled away, when those officers stopped and grabbed a hold of him, it would have gone differently, I promise. Oh, yeah, that audio would have been completely different. Um, and I would have, uh, I don't know, man, I probably would have freaked out listening to it on the other end. But uh, I'm glad it didn't go that well, it was, way. Well, it, it, it would have taken a little while because I called you ass for bail, Will. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I would have been the first one. <laughs> I would have come, guys. I would have get you out, man. No problem. But, uh, you know, that's... I know. That, no, but, you know, it makes me, like like Doug is saying, and this is kind of the whole reason why why I wanted to, A, include him, and B, make this kind of a, a point of conversation this evening. The moment that the officer grabbed his hand, put his hands on my, my arm my shoulder... Um, you know, you have two. You have two real choices. You either comply, or you don't. And when you don't, you're actually resisting. Uh, you're impeding an investigation. And there are things that they can throw your ass in jail for, and, and would have every right to. Uh, you know, but in the moment, I could see very easily how that could have gone sideways if I had been a little bit more bravado-ish or a little bit more I know my fucking rights. Standoffish. You know, like those things don't get you anywhere, and I and I, I really hope that this episode, overall, I mean, I want all of our episodes to be huge and everybody to, to listen and and you know, enjoy and you know, nine out of ten, ten times the things I say are, are mostly stupid rambling ramblings of, you know, just a weird little guy, but this is one of those times where actually something can be learned, and I want something to be learned. I, I want more people to comply because I don't, I fear for police officers. And I fear for those people who are afraid of police officers. And I, I think there's a lot of, a lot of things out there that, that people misconstrue from either, um, you know, environment, um, experience, but very quickly, very easily, it could have been misunderstood, misconstrued and gone totally sideways. Um, you know, and I didn't, that's the last thing that any of us should want. I, I, I almost guarantee it's the last thing that 99.9% of every officer out there wants. So, yeah, no, that the way it went down and the way it concluded was exactly the way it should have happened. And I'm glad you reacted that way to, you know, that situation because, you know, who knows how most people would have reacted to that. Just like you said, you know, any kind of little bit of hesitation could you know, be misconstrued as, you know, resisting arrest. The next thing you know, it's a whole nother, you know, whole nother situation from that point on and, you know, forward. So, um, and it, it, you're right. I wanted to, you know, really talk about this as well. And, uh, you know, this has been a, a really hot button of, you know, of the United States right now because of what all, all the things that are happening across the, the, you know, this country, you know, you're having shootings happening left and right. Maybe it's because the media is sensationalizing it, um, which I do believe that, you know, there yeah. is a lot of that. Um, and you know, once you have one, then, you know, you start seeing them all over the place because the media just runs with it and it's just the hot button point at that moment. And so everybody has to jump on the next story. And so they, I'm sure that there's part of that that's happening, but there's a lot of these, you know, things that are being portrayed as that as, as well. And, and it's, it's happening in all different variations. You know, you're having, you know, cops shooting, you know, people that are running away from a situation, um, and then, you know, you, you look at that, that situation, you're like, oh, okay, that's probably a white cop shooting a black guy, right? No, wrong. This is a black I, cop shooting a black guy. See, that's, that's, you know, can I interrupt for one yeah, second? Please, go ahead. Go ahead, Doug. I'm sorry. I'm trying not to cut you off, but I, 
I want to talk about that for half a second. Yeah, please. One one thing I want to explain to everybody that is listening, um, when you see videos of said police officer shooting somebody as they're running away from a, of a situation, you don't know the whole story. Mm-hmm. All you're seeing is a 10-second video clip. You don't know what that person did before you, the video started to when you see that officer shoot that person as they're running away. They could have killed five people 10 seconds before the video started. And when a lot of people jump to conclusions and they say, he was running away, and they shot him in the back. Well, if he was a fleeing felon, legally, you're, as a law enforcement officer, you are allowed to use deadly force to stop that fleeing felon. And the reason being is because they're already known violent criminals and they've already committed a felony. And if you allow that felon to escape, they're going to commit another felony. It's been proven to try to escape. They're going to hijack a car or they're going to shoot somebody in a grocery store to steal money. It's, it's, it's going to accelerate and get worse. So as far as the videos that people see on TV and, and on you know, YouTube where the, the police officer shoots somebody that's running away from them, you don't have the whole story. And I wish people would realize that you don't know what they did 20 seconds or 10 minutes earlier. It could be serving a, the officers could be serving a warrant for a guy that, you know, raped 20 people and they finally caught up with him and he's running from the scene and they shoot him. But what you see is the cop shoot somebody that's running away. You don't know what they did wrong right. from that video. Yeah. No, and, and that's... people jump to conclusions so much that it's, it's sad. It is sad, and that's know, one of the points that I was trying to make is that you know the media sensationalizes it a lot, and um, you know you see, like you said, YouTube videos that are look you know just clickbait at that point where they only take ten you know seconds of a video and you know definitely construe it one way uh, for their own sensationalizing purposes to you know to get more views and likes. So yeah, you see right. that every day, every day, and you know when I see that on Facebook, I never share. Or like those videos because I know what they're doing. It's just clickbait, and you can't look at a story like that on a ten-second video and, and you know give it you know judgmental uh, a view on, on that situation by just looking at that ten-second video. So you're, you're absolutely right, and I'm 100 percent in agreement with that. Um, but you know, like I was saying, you know, we're seeing a lot of these incidents, you know, being portrayed obviously out in the media, and it's just in front of our face. Or you know, there every day there's at least two or three of these things happening. So why is this happening? Is it, is it, is, is it the people are, are, are they just not trusting police these days? Is that one reason? Is it, is there not enough training for police officers? Is that one reason? Is that another, is it a mixture of both? It, you know, is it the sensationalizing of the media of all these situations, getting people in such a stir when they are actually confronted in a situation like this, all they can think about is all those situations that they've seen in the media. What is it? In my opinion, yes. The media, they, they're focusing on, like I said, that 10-second clip of video 
that looks really bad. I mean, when you look at that video, it looks like that police officer did something really, really bad. And when you get into the statistics of it, 90% of the things that happen on these 10-second videos are 100% justified by the law enforcement officer because they were chasing somebody, a really bad guy, for one reason or the other. Or, But the, the media blows these little 10-second videos out of proportion so much. I have an example. I saw one, and I, I didn't do any research on it. I don't know anything that happened. But it was a, a video about an officer that was trying to detain somebody, and the person, like, ended up getting the law enforcement officer in a, in a chokehold. Hmm. And he picked up this person and body slammed them on their head. Okay, And I, I personally have no idea what happened before that or what happened after that or anything else. Mm-hmm. But that 10-second clip of video makes that officer look like he was really abusing that person. Right. Okay, but just based on that video, from what I know as a law enforcement officer, looking at that video, that officer was in a chokehold. He was losing at that at that moment. His job is to go home. He was confronting that suspect for a reason, which none of us know. Okay, he did what it took whatever he possibly could to get that person off of him. No matter how violent it may be, he's going home tonight. The thing is to, and to play devil's advocate on this whole situation, you know, yes, I agree with you. 90% of these videos are just, you know, cherry picking parts of the video uh, to sensationalize whatever, you know, whatever, whatever their message they're trying to sensationalize. But there are a few situations where it is pretty cut and dry or pretty, you know, it's pretty convincing that, you know, the officer did not make the probably the wisest decision in, you know, detaining a person. So what happens is in a situation like that, you get 90 percent of these videos or let's even say I'll even go far as saying 98 percent of these videos are bullshit. Right. But then you get these one and two percenters that are real. And that kind of even though it's such a small, small piece of the pie, for them it kind of validates the whole thing. Unfortunately, you know, it's kind of like it's kind of like how it's perceived in a way. So you get these one or two stories. Okay, but I have I have a question though. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry to cut you off. You said that ninety eight percent of them are are garbage videos. The other two percent are accurate. Did you, do you have all of the evidence on those 2% of videos? Do you know what the person did before the video started? Do you know what the person was arrested for? Or any of those facts other than what you saw on the video? Yeah, these this, the 2% that I'm talking about are the ones where the officers were already charged with going above and beyond their scope of what they're supposed to be doing. Okay. 
so yeah, that's when I when I talk about that two percent, it's these people that have already been charged. It's, this is not like cases where there's a conspiracy theory per se, um, like the one in in Missouri um, and 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 you know all the other ones, for instance, in Texas and everywhere else. There are other you know situations like this that did happen that you know they have convicted the the, the officers in you know you know uh, being complicit in you know being in manslaughter or whatever, being murder. But, you know, not obviously making the, the wisest decision in, in a situation like that. So, like I was saying, you have these 2% that kind of validates the, 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 the message. But, unfortunately, it's such a small piece of the pie that, you know, that they, they don't realize that it's probably a, such a minuscule amount of what happens on a daily basis. So, what happens is, is yeah, exactly. you get all these people who perpetuate this. And so, they'll take these one or two cases that, you know, have some validity and then, you know, you have all these other cases that are all bullshit, which is the majority of them. And, you know, even if one is right, it kind of makes some of the other ones look kind of OK, maybe. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of the perception of it, of it all. Here's the thing that a lot of people don't uh, don't think about. And, you know, I might only think about this maybe because it's just the way I am or maybe because, you know, I, Doug and I go way back. And I know, you know, Doug being an officer and, and I've had other friends who are in law enforcement. You know, every time I see one of them, they're they're people. They're humans just like us. They make mistakes just like us. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, the nature of their job puts them in so many high-risk situations so often. There's bound to be hiccups, mistakes. Uh, people are, are going to they're, they're gonna do things wrong. And what I, the thing that um, I take most away from it is... If we could think of them not as a badge, not as a gun, not as somebody who's out there trying to harm us or take away our freedoms, unjust and undo, and just keep in mind that they're people, they're in those situations. Those situations are just as intense for them as they are for us. Um, And they have to go through that multiple times a day, multiple days a week, multiple weeks a month, multiple months a a year. You have to keep that in mind that there's going to be those those times where, you know, again, they're, they're humans. They make mistakes. They, uh, they have opinions. They have feelings. You know, yeah, may, maybe not all of them are, are saints, but more of them are good people than are bad. The problem is we get such a tainted view of it that it does start to kind of uh, appropriate itself. It starts to build itself up is oh here's here's another power hungry police officer picking on uh, on a man of color and from the one instance that is the most uh hot button topic right now the one that that was the biggest was the you know the football player and you know they a lot of times they say it's, it's, it's racial uh, you know racial profiling but more often than not the the color of the officer doesn't really come up it's if you you have to look at it as the fact what is going on what has happened and you have to ask yourself why would an officer be acting that way towards a citizen in which they're sworn to uphold and protect like that makes no sense that that would be like a doctor you know taking the hippocratic oath and then you know stabbing people with arsenic yeah, it, it doesn't make sense. So yeah, uh, you're you're right. And the the thing is, is that the, the a police officer's job is a thankless job. 
a lot of people don't realize, you know, if they were to put themselves in that their shoes, I mean, think about it. Our job is what? Oh, fuck. I forgot to send Jimmy a fucking email today. God, Jesus Christ. I forgot. Oh, okay. No. A cop, if he makes the wrong decision, that could be somebody's life or his life or her life. And that's the part that people don't realize. And I think if more people realize that and put themselves in that kind of maybe mindset and think about what their experience, what they would experience in that side, you know, maybe they would be a little bit more understanding. And unfortunately, again, and I, I hate to harp on it, but the media's, you know, they love this shit. And they, when they see a, a story of, you know, either a, a cop shooting somebody, they'll, you know, they'll twist it any, any which way possible. And, you know, they'll eat it up and you'll see it for weeks. And, and that unfortunately conditions our mind to thinking that, oh, every time I'm going to run into a police officer, something bad is going to happen. And that's not the case. And that's what the people need to understand. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Um, and the other thing that I realized with my situation, and as I was researching some about the Michael Bennett situation, um, like right after it happened, right after the situation happened, you know, I had gone in the house, I told my wife what had happened. We kind of had a laugh about it because she had told me if I was going to be talking outside not to get arrested, uh, you know. So we kind of laughed at that for a second. Uh, but then the very next thing I did, you know, I called you, Will, and I explained the situation. Now, I told the same story multiple times as to how I felt, what I said, what they said, and how it worked out. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you the first time I heard that audio, after telling that story multiple times to multiple people, I felt like a bit of an asshole. Because my version of the story from my memory was different from the audio. And as I've heard the audio, it, it makes me go back and say, well, she, you would think you would, you would remember something so clear that happened, first off, just a few minutes ago when, when you and I first spoke about it, right. but something that could be so confusing or so traumatic or so stressful, you would think you'd remember everything. But in fact, it goes the opposite direction. Your brain kind of contorts things so it understands. It fills in the blanks as to what it doesn't understand or what it doesn't, doesn't know or parts of the, the interaction that it can't remember. It kind of makes those things up. So not that you're doing it on purpose, but that's just the way it comes, it comes out. So a lot of times you see the video and then you hear people telling their side of the story, but their side of the story comes from where your adrenaline is, is pumping and it's probably not all intensive purposes, the truth, and not not necessarily those people are trying to lie, but it doesn't exactly play out. So I can definitely see multiple times where people think they're telling the truth or think they're giving, you know, a true account of what happened, but really what they're giving is they're giving kind of what they remember, kind of what their brain is filled in the blanks, and kind of how they have spun it uh, so they can understand it and then relay that information. Yeah. Cause when I listen to that audio, every time I listen to that audio, I'm like, you know, I could have sworn it happened a little bit different. <laughs> There's a few different things that happen, but that's up. We hear the audio and we've heard, we've heard the proof. So people have to keep that in mind as well. We're all human, not, we all make mistakes. You know, sometimes people lie. Sometimes people are, are dirty. Sometimes people don't want to be honest. They want to be dishonest. Uh, but, even if you're being honest, even when I was being an honest person and I'm a very honest person, mm-hmm. I have no reason to lie about anything. I, I, I told the story the first few times I, I recanted it. It was different than what actually happened. 
unfortunately, um, when a law enforcement officer comes to you, they pretty much have to assume that you're going to lie. Because if you are actually a bad person, you're going to lie. So they've got to figure out the difference between the truth and the lies and what you're telling them. That's kind of like a marker, like all of a sudden, like they that's a, a quick indicator for them, correct, Doug? Yeah, you pretty much expect when you approach somebody and you start asking them questions, they automatically get defensive. And unfortunately, and like I said, I'm not trying to say that everyone does this, but from my experience, almost everyone lies to a point. When I say, what's your name? You say, it's Doug. Instead of saying your full name, you know, they, they, there's always a certain amount of deceit. There's, why are you here? Um, because I was fishing. <laughs> no, because you were out there on the dock smoking weed. Yeah. You know, but there's always a certain amount of lies. So that officer, not only does he have to be on the defensive, because he doesn't know whether you have a gun, whether you have a knife, whether you have, you know, 17 felonies on your record, whether you're an angel, you could be a pastor. He has no idea who he's approaching when that happens. So, you know, people get on the defensive so often that that, that officer assumes that you're a bad guy. Hmm. You know, he pulled you over, or he's approaching you for a reason. Start off, right? You know, just right off the right off the bat, he's not. He doesn't want to ask you out for lunch. <laughs> he, he came up and talked to you for a reason. Right, right. He he saw you doing something wrong, or he got a call saying that there was somebody doing something wrong, and he's there to investigate it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, but it depends on how you react to his questions. And how the whole situation is going to unfold? Yeah, and that's a that's a pretty you know important part and, and point uh, that I want to make to everybody that you know how you interact with you know law enforcement is key and just like how Jay reacted to when you know the officer started asking him questions, he complied completely and was able to give him you know concise answers and they were pretty obviously content of what his answers were at that point. So. But, you know, another thing I wanted to kind of touch on that Jay, you know, mentioned was that kind of fog of war thing that he kind of went through where he completely kind of misremembered, you know, the the whole situation. The first thing I kind of thought about was that obviously that happened from Jay's side. I'm sure that probably could happen from the police's side as well, you know, the law enforcement officer, especially in a situation where it escalates. You know what I mean? Not in such a subdued like what happened with Jay, even though that may have been very, you know, um, a hypersensitive, you know, situation for Jay because Jay's not in a situation like that on a, on a daily basis. But you know, if it was more escalated, even for like the the police officer, you know, how it, it could have been for him. And so, you know, they start asking him questions and they think he's lying, and it's just like he just he's not lying; he's misremembering. Absolutely, and that that definitely does happen. And I I meant to say something earlier. Um, Jay said something about um, that he was like. On, like high alert or it was, it was really intense for him. It's actually, in my opinion, more intense for the officer approaching somebody that they have no idea who they are. You know, when you look at the officer, you know, okay, he's a law enforcement officer. He's a cop. He's a 
trooper, he, he's a FWC officer, whatever, but he's a cop. You know who he is. He has no idea who you are. Mm-hmm. So I believe, in my opinion, it's more intense for the officer in a situation like that. Yeah. I, actually, I, I 110% agree. You know, I, I, when the officer put his arm, you know, grabbed me by my wrist and my shoulder, and I, let me be very clear, he, he wasn't hurting me. He wasn't holding me very, very hard. He wasn't, you know, nothing. He didn't leave a mark, nothing like that. Um, but Doug's act 110% right. The guy doesn't know me from Adam. He doesn't know my disposition. He, again, even if I'm not who he looks for, is looking for, he doesn't know what I have, what background I have, what I know. Or, or my predisposition towards law enforcement. And, you know, if we could all keep that in mind when we go through these moments that, you know, every moment is tense for the officers. You know, even something as easy as a traffic ticket. You know, you, we've all seen the videos where an officer's walking up to issue a citation and out of nowhere they're, they're being shot at. And they're, they're, lives are on the table they're they're at risk every time they go to work uh every time they go come home from work every time they're even at home from work you know if someone really has it out for them um because they they were the one that arrested somebody but if they arrested you if they arrested you there's probably a good reason why you deserve to be arrested but because people can't take the blame on themselves they want to go ahead and seek retribution uh, when the yeah. officer was simply doing his job and trying to keep people safe. But I totally agree. I think it's more intense on the officer than it is on, on the citizen. And then, and then put this one in your head, Jay. Uh, you, you, you're a law enforcement officer, and you pull over to fill up your police cruiser, and you have to watch your back because somebody might shoot you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Um, you know, and it is constantly looking over your shoulder when you're not – as the cop, you're not pulling anybody over. You're not confronting a suspect in a bank robbery. You're not you're not doing your job really. You're filling the the tank up on your police cruiser, and all of a sudden, some random person walks up behind you. Then what do you do? You're not ready for it because you're not in that mindset yet. And it's 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 a constant. Law enforcement is a really rough profession, and. With all the hatred in this world, nobody looks at the good you know, that officers do every single day of their lives. Yeah, I've said it. I... Exactly. And that's what well, I was going to say. That's the big reason why, um, out of all of our podcasts thus far, this is our 11th one, um, this the one that's probably most important to me uh, and the one that I hope reaches out the most. Um because I really want to use my experience uh, and any platform I can to help everybody understand, you know, a lot of our safety, a lot of our day-to-day safety. Yeah. You know, our, our freedom is fought for over the seas by our, our military men and we thank them and we stand up for them. Um, but our day-to-day safety, our day-to-day freedoms are protected by those men and women serving in law enforcement. And I don't think they get enough credit for what they go through or, and how they're how poorly they're treated by a lot of society. Uh, so I, I really want this podcast, I want this episode, and I want my experience to. I want to find a way to help it bridge the gap between 
uh, society and offer. So not like I got me by myself can, you know, fix the whole problem. But if I can bring any understanding from any kind of a citizen's point of view um, and bring any kind of positive light to law enforcement, then I, I want to do that and, and do it within my power. So this is probably the most important podcast uh, I've ever done. Most important interaction in my life because this is definitely one that I can use to hopefully keep more officers safe and, and more citizens safe. Yeah, that's what we have. We have our experiences that we can share with others. And that's why we have a platform like this to, you know, sit here and have a person like yourself who was in a situation that you were in, have a guy like Doug, who's been on both sides of the situation. Um, and that, you know, has even more insight than most um, on, you know, the, 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 the consequences a person can have on both sides. Um, so, you know, I'm really glad that we were able to talk about this and, you know, kind of put this on the table because, like you said, this is an ongoing issue in, in the United States. And unfortunately, it just keeps escalating worse and worse. And even more especially, I want this to resonate more with the younger generation people because I think it's kind of a generational thing. I think, you know, our generation, uh, you know, Doug, Jay and myself, you know, you know, I think we're more Gen Xers than anything else. The the younger generation really needs to understand that you can't see everything on TV and believe everything you see. That's the wrong way to to learn about anything. You know, I don't care if you believe if you're a Republican or if you're a Democrat. I don't give a shit. But if you're sitting there watching TV all day and getting all your information from that little box, then um, you're not you're not really understanding how things work. And um, I think that more people need to understand that. But I, I really want the younger generation to listen to something like this, listen to an experience that you had, Jay, learn from it, learn how to act in a situation as such. So that way they will have the same outcome that you did in, in, in that in that situation. Doug, you have anything else to add to that? No, not really. I mean, like you, you said with, with Jay, being calm and, and you know, calm, cool and collective with the officers, like, I'll go back to what I said when, you know, here I am, a law enforcement officer, and I got pulled over, and I did everything that the the officer told me to do. I had guns in the car. I mean, but if I would have moved fast or done anything wrong or, or acted weird or acted nervous or took my hands off the steering wheel, that could have turned out a lot different because that officer's main priority is to go home to his family every night and people don't realize that it's it's so important that they're people too they have families they have children they have dogs they have cats they have you know they have lives too their job is to protect you guys the citizens of the of the country and they always get the raw deal because of a five second video yep yeah it's horrible it is horrible. And, and another message I want to give to you guys that are out there that are 25 and younger, you little sons of bitches out there, that you know exactly what I'm talking <laughs> to. You know, don't believe – just get the whole story. Get the whole story. Don't believe just yeah. something you read, just a, a headline. Get the whole story. Do research. You, you, know, it, you know, information is at your fingertip these days. You know, when I was a kid, we had to fucking break out an encyclopedia if we wanted to learn anything. You know, now all you have to do is type it in Google. <laughs> research it. It's so easy to research things. If you just take an extra five minutes to really get into something, you know, get into it. 
don't just you know retweet something or or like and share on Facebook on on some kind of bullshit video that you may have watched that you know that was only ten seconds long. Get the story, you know, and and that's the reason why I don't do shit like that because I know that a lot of those videos are bullshit. And you know, like I said, get the whole story before you do any kind of bullshit like that because all you're doing is perpetuating the same shit over and over and over again that they want. So, like I said, just stop doing it. Do research. Before you do anything like that. That's the only thing that I have to say. Jay, any final words from you? No, just be cool, uh, comply, and if you haven't done anything wrong, you have nothing to fear. Well, there you go. Hey, listen, um, again, thanks uh, so much to Doug. Listen, thank you so much for coming on tonight. I do appreciate you uh, coming on, giving your you know your expert experiences and testimony uh, as to the situation. And definitely would like to have you come on on a more frequent basis when we have a situation like this come up to get your your input how's that sound no problem just let me know absolutely all right doug hey listen jay uh thanks again so much um darkfringeradio.wordpress.com that's the website and uh, again you can reach us on twitter at darkfringeradio and same thing on soundcloud that's where you can reach uh, all of our uh, latest episodes so you can dig into our little archive there but um we are steadily growing we're you know we got more episodes in the can and, uh, you know, me and Jay are coming at you every week. So I'm not sure what we're going to talk about next week. So it'll be a surprise. Um, and then uh, hopefully we'll have another guest. So, again, thank you so much to Jay and Doug for coming on the podcast tonight. I'm Will Martinez. And uh, thanks for uh, uh, listening to Dark Fringe Radio. Tell your friends, fuckers. Peace out.